self-development with tactics. So, today we are once again gonna go through some Reddit things. And it is the first time in a long time that I am lying in my bed with my computer. And, um, yeah, now I'm gonna record. It's actually been really quite some time. I do hope that the street isn't too loud since I've my my window opened but yeah I think should be good it's also raining maybe this is kind of calming one down uh, if you can even hear it probably not anyway dopamine fasting is something great all the earthly desires present in modern society fast food video games social media sex masturbation socialization, constant need for stimulation that elevates dopamine levels. I spend most of my time without these things and, <laughs> and teach me something. Well, I do want to point out, socialization, which, you know, probably means just uh, being around people, doing something with people, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> Why would you cut that out? You know, what is the benefit of cutting that out? Unless it's a fucking toxic, quote-unquote, people. But why would you? Just if this is not the case. Like, for me, this this is a point that just really does not make any sense. Also, sex. I mean, masturbation, fine. But I don't know if you're gonna have sex, I don't like, every single day a few times. Depends, obviously. And if so, yeah, cool. Um, I just appreciate that. I find that amazing. But yeah, you know, why would you, why would you kind of cut these two things out? For me, this this is a bit too far fetched. I'd say. Anyway, life is not boring. We find it boring due to overstimulation. These dopamine, uh, there is dopamine everywhere. In fact, boring is good. Reading a book meditate, or simply standing without doing nothing. <laughs> Why? Life is a crazy race for dopamine. Now I, now I understand why I found life boring, even with money, social circle, girls. Now I understand why happiness is in small, simple things. Well, I do think when it comes to boredom, this might be a really good exercise, which, by the way, something that I really am hurt by as well. Like, being bored, I hate being bored. And it probably is due to overstimulation. And, uh, well, yeah, this is what's happening to me as well. Like, I get overstimulated quite, um, I think, quite frequently and quite often. And this is just the case for me. Like, it is what it is. But, but yeah. Even though, I mean, 
I kind of expected that reading a book or reading books and or reading is gonna play a role here. But I think this is also stimulation, isn't it? You know, some people get more out of reading a book in terms of relaxation, in terms of dopamine elevation than uh, fucking playing video games. I would say, of course, uh, maybe not that much. I don't know, like it heavily depends on the person, but I think in general, probably not that much. Maybe due to it being uh, nothing visual, but more like mental. But, um, but yeah, still, why? Still just why? Anyway, image, don't get stuck, find a way. Many roadblocks in life have detours. They may not take you the way you want to go, but they will still get you there. It just may take longer. So endure. Yeah, I mean, there are several ways to the place you want to be at. And it is fine if you take one over the other. It is fine when you take this over that. Like, it is what it is anyway, you know. Just do what fits you. I kind of have a feeling that it's going to be just really, really, really disturbing having all the fucking cars in the background. But I hope not. I forgot about my abusive ex for a whole weekend. I had an amazing trip away in New York City and for once completely forgot about my rapist ex and the abuse he put me through. It felt so freeing and feel so freeing and the feeling of freedom followed me home. I feel like I've reached a big breakthrough with healing and focusing my energy on what I find important for uh, with sobriety. I'm super proud of myself to handling things this way. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and I don't know, like, I do have the feeling that quite often just doing something new, since I guess this is something new, like trip away in New York City, sounds like something that you just, you know, don't do every day. And I think this can really be beneficial for quite a lot of people, actually, you know. Not just a few, one, two, three people, but actually quite a few. And, um, well, yeah, just uh, go on an adventure, you know, do something, create something, experience something, go into a museum, something that you've just uh, rarely done before, you know, maybe not never done, which, you know, you could also do, but might not be that many things especially in these times that you can do that you've never done. Potentially, at least. Suggest a book about contemporary megachurches. I'm hoping to find interesting, entertaining nonfiction about the rise of megachurches and people like Joel Osteen. Or, no, it's going to be Joel. <laughs> Today I learned of... Katya, the bear who was a brown bear native to Kazakhstan, who was imprisoned in 2004 after being found guilty of mauling two people. Katya was held in an adult prison. The bear was released from imprisonment and allowed to congregate with other bears after serving a 15-year sentence. I mean, yes, but I also mean no. I'm not quite sure what I should say. 
But don't say, I need to do this, say, I want to do this. It makes more of a difference than you think. When you wake up in the morning and see your room a mess, do you typically look at your room and go, ah, fuck it, I need to fix my room. You groan a bit and lazily clean your room just enough to look decent. The reality, however, is that you want to clean your room. If you didn't truly desire self-improvement, then you wouldn't bother with things like this, as you technically would need to. So you want to clean your room, but you don't say it to yourself. Next time, try this. Wake up and say, I want to clean my room. I want to get out of bed. I want to do my work. You may think that this is bullshit, but it's a real psychology trick. Oftentimes, we were told we need to do things we desire to do, what to do the opposite, or if what or if we're told not to do. Well, I do think it really does make a difference. Uh, even if I just now that quickly can't explain why I think this is the case, but wording and how you talk to yourself and essentially also how you talk to other people in in which way using which words really does make a difference you know but maybe also not saying i want to do this uh i i feel like doing this maybe this does something else to you i mean i don't know if you can generalize that but there are so many words, maybe one of them is just working for you better than I want to do this and or just I need to do this. I feel like doing this, you know, which I think is pretty much neutral, isn't it? Like, um, you don't have to. You also don't necessarily want to, but you feel like doing it. Like, okay, I, I, I just feel I do it now, you know? Anyway. <laughs> I finished high school and have no friends and no family. How do I build a life that promises a successful career and social life? Well, um, without even reading the whole thing, I guess the title should be enough. I believe this is a really fucked up situation to be in. But if you get a job, you're going to meet new people. And if you are somewhat of a decent person, you're probably also going to make friends because of that. You know? If you're working with certain people all day fucking long, that, I mean, there is no way around just meeting somebody that you like and this person also likes you. Like, this is just going to be the case, you know? But I think one also has to just make an effort to do so, you know? Things and, and people and whatnot, they're not going to just attach to you. You, um, you know, probably also have to show them that, I don't know, you want to be friends, you know, just communicate that. Not necessarily verbally and just so directly, but showing them. I don't know, like, might be the same thing as a romantic relationship. Uh, we know, since it's also a relationship, just in a little bit of a different way. Just um, just a bit different, you know? Maybe not that, that, how should I say? Well, just different, you know? Inviting this person over to you for, I don't know, some great food or, or buying some food for this person, of course. One really has to make sure that one is not getting into some sort of uh, I'll give my everything for this person thing, 
and or I'm just every day gonna uh, be the nicest person and whatnot and without realizing that this person just is using me this is also a thing I've been pretty fortunate in terms of that because nobody ever used me I guess at least and if so then I at least didn't care or didn't know um, yeah never stop being a good person because of bad people old women with printed on uh, paper text saying that interesting today i learned that einstein's support for pacifists civil rights and left-wing causes in europe had drawn suspicion from j edgar hoover's fbi and after his arrival to america the borough launched what would eventually become a 22-year surveillance campaign since the FBI believed Einstein was a Soviet spy. Why the fuck would you believe that? I mean, why? Like, Einstein's support for pacifists, or pacifists, probably pacifists. Anyway, civil rights and left-wing, well. Which, by the way, also says quite a lot about the time back then, doesn't it? Like, just shows things. By the way, since I just realize where this article is coming from, it's from the history.com site, which is actually having some pretty fucking great articles, and I should go through more of them. I believe they they are pretty good. Also, the website looks amazing. But, yeah, anyway. Nine things you may not know about Albert Einstein. Or Einstein. Einstein, because he is Einstein, one stone. Anyway, Einstein didn't fall math as a child. Underachieving school kids have long taken solace in the claim that Einstein flunked math as a youth, but the records show that he was actually an exceptional, if not reluctant, student. He scored high grades during his school days in Munich and was only frustrated by what he describes as the mechanical discipline demanded by his teachers. The future Nobel uh, laureate, what? I'm sorry. The future Nobel laureate dropped out of school at age 15 and left Germany to avoid state-mandated military service, which, by the way, that I've uh, just done. In terms of, not military, but there is another version now in Austria, anyway. But before then, he was consistently at the top of his class and was even considered something of a prodigy for his grasp of complex mathematical and scientific concepts. We were later presented with a news article claiming he'd failed grade school math. Einstein dismissed the story as a myth and said, Before I was 15, I had mastered differential and integral calculus. Which is insane, you know, some people aged uh, 18, 19, 20 uh, get fucked by that. So, yes, years ahead, I'd say. No one knows what happened to his first daughter. In 1896, Einstein renounced his German citizenship and enrolled at the Swiss Federal Polytechnic School in Zurich. Um, there he began a passionate love affair with Meliva Maric, a fellow physicist in training originally from Serbia. The couple later married and had two sons after graduating, but a year before they tied the knot, Maric gave birth to an illegitimate daughter named Lisal. <laughs> Pretty funny. 
Einstein never spoke about the child to his family, and biographers weren't even aware of her existence until examining his private papers in the late 1980s. Her fate remains a mystery to this day. Some scholars think Liesel died from scarlet fever in 1903, while others believe she survived the sickness and was given up for adoption in Marit's native Serbia. Einstein, it took Einstein nine years to get a job in academia. He offered his wife his Nobel Prize as part of their divorce settlement. Isn't it like... Uh, how do you say it? I don't know. Like, the money that they get from a Nobel Prize, isn't it a million or something? I actually have to check that. Nobel Prize money. Let's see. The first Nobel Prize were awarded in 1901 and carried a cash award of what is SEC? 150,000 equivalent to SEC. 8.9 million, what the fuck, in 2020, which is, oh, which is roughly 1 million dollars in a 2020. What is sec? I don't know what the fuck sec is. Swedish krona, ah, now I get it. Where does the Nobel Prize money come from? But the question is, the latest Nobel Prize... I mean, there's a Nobel Prize Foundation, there's also probably people that give money to them, but, but yeah, anyway, prizes, medals, diplomas, award money, award money. Uh, the laureates are given a sum of money when they receive their prizes in the form of a document confirming the amount awarded. The amount of prize money depends upon how much money the Nobel, the Nobel Foundation can award each year. The purse has increased since the 1980s, when the prize money was 880,000 uh, Swedish kronas per price, which today is 350k in dollars, which is also insane. In 20, uh, 2009, the monetary award was 10 million kronas being 1.4 million US dollars. In June 2012, it was lowered to 8 million. If two laureates share the prize in a category, the award grant is divided equally between the recipients. If there are three, the awarding committee has the option of dividing the grant equally or awarding one half to one recipient and one quarter to each of the others. Questions why? You know, you could also be like, well, I'm gonna, if, if you have two recipients, you're gonna have like three quarters for one and one quarter for the other one that didn't do as much as the other one. I could get the whole concept and the reason why you would potentially do that, but anyway. It is common for recipients to donate prize money to benefit scientific, culture, or humanitarian causes, which also makes sense, like, anyway. Controversies and criticism. Literature, prize, science, prize, peace, prize, overlooked achievements. Although Mahatma Gandhi, the icon of nonviolence, was nominated for the Nobel Prize five times, and finally a few days before he was assassinated on 30th January 1948, he never was awarded the prize. Which is insane. 
1948, the year of Gandhi's death, the Norwegian Nobel Committee decided to make no awards that year on the grounds that there was no suitable living candidate, quote-unquote. Emphasis on discoveries over inventions. Gender disparity. In terms of the most prestigious awards in STEM fields, only a small portion have been awarded to women. Out of 210 laureates, I just don't get what this means, in physics, 181 in chemistry and 216 in medicine, between 1901 and 2019, there were only three female in physics, five in chemistry, and 12 in medicine. That's that's an insane ratio, yeah. That's fucked up. That really fucking is. Especially distinguished Loretas. Family Loretas. The Curie family has achieved the most prizes, with four prizes awarded to five individual Loretas. Marie Curie received prizes in physics and chemistry. Her husband, Pierre Curie, shared the uh, physics prize. The daughter received the chemistry prize. Uh, and her husband, uh, all together with her husband. I see. Well, do you see the construct? Like, I mean, if you have one really good person, and you kind of do it with another one that may or may not be also as good, and you kind of get a prize and you're in the same family, then you just get two for the work of one, basically, but you still just get it counted as two since you're a family, if you know what I mean. Refusal and constraints. Two laureates have voluntarily declined the Nobel Prize. Jean-Paul, uh, Jean I'm sorry, Sartre, was awarded the Literature Prize, but refused, stating a writer must refuse to allow himself to be transformed into an institution, even if it takes place in the most honorable form. And Le Durk Do, chosen for the Peace Prize for his role in the Paris Peace Accords, declined starting, stating that there was no actual peace in Vietnam. Yeah, which is also understandable. Pretty interesting shit there, not gonna lie. But I'm gonna end the episode there. So, well, I just do wanna see. First, awarded number of 603 prizes to 900 laureates as of 2020. Well, let's actually have a look at the NobelPrize.org site. Nomination, Nobel Prize, and laureates. Physics Prize, Quick Facts Prize, and Economic Science. Oh. I see. People being pissed about that, probably, that for quite some time there's only been, I guess, literature, medicine, chemistry, and physics, even if I, and peace, even if I think that peace, literature were added afterwards. Um, and the price in economic sciences might be quite new. Nomination, education, Nobel Prize dialogue. Every kid has a talent that we should encourage. Well, you don't say. It's amazing. Never heard about that. Never heard that people have talents and that everyone is good at something. Anyway, physics prize. When was the last physics prize? Uh, oldest Loretta 696. I'm sorry. More facts and figures. I do just want to know when the. Google it, shit. 
the latest Nobel Prize winners. Uh, 2019 question mark. Is this really the latest? All Nobel Prizes and Loretes. 2020, the Nobel Prize in Physics, Roger Penrose, for the discovery that black hole formation is a robust prediction of the general theory of relativity. Reinhard Genzel and Andrea Guess for the discovery of supermassive compact object at the center of our galaxy. Chemistry, Emmanuel Champentier and Jennifer Adonna or something for the development of a method for genome editing. Which is amazing, by the way. Louise Gluck for her unmistakable poetic voice that with Oster Beauty makes individual existence universal. In literature, by the way. The question is Peace Prize, Economic Science, uh, Paul R. Milgram and Robert B. Wilson for improvements to auction theory and inventions of new auction formats. Well, cool. Nah, probably pretty good. Don't understand the subject. So, anyway, I'm gonna end the episode here. And see you soon. Bye-bye.